0: no matter how different our lives and stories may seem we all have one thing in common and that is the story of jesus his love for us his story unites us all whether it's my story your story their story through jesus it's really all just our story let's look into today's chapter So, Leanne, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be
0: here. I'm so glad you're doing this. Um, So, do you want to give us a little intro to you
1: and your story? Sure. So, my name is Leanne. As already mentioned, I am in my mid-20s. I am married and I have one child who is roughly almost two years old. So, I've been two years a mom, three years a wife. I'm a cradle Catholic, so I was baptized by the time I was three months old. I made all of my sacraments like on schedule, so Catholicism was like what I was raised in, and I definitely have chosen it for myself, but I definitely was blessed with a family that was very committed to the faith early on, and that definitely had a huge part in my faith formation. Your family is awesome. I love your family. <sighs> They're so great. I'm really blessed by them. Uh, Leanne's
0: family, for those of you that don't know them, everybody knows them. But <laughs> if you don't know them, they are like the camp family. So Leanne and I met at camp like, what, that was like six or seven years ago? Yeah, ish. We were in high bit. school still. I actually have this very vivid memory of us at camp together the first time that I met you. And you were like brushing your teeth and you brushed your teeth in a cool way. And I was also brushing my teeth. <laughs> so then for like the next year of my life, I like. You just, like, really took care of your teeth at camp. And I was like, wow, I should be more like her. (laughs) Just so you know, it doesn't relate anything to kids That's really funny. I have a
1: weird teeth thing,
0: so thank you. Hey, it works. Um, So you – one of the things that I love about your friendship is you've really pushed me to not just conform to the same old, same old with just everything about life. But one thing that I love about you is you're, like – hardcore catholic and hardcore feminist. So do you want to talk a little bit kind of sure. about where you fall with
1: that? Okay, that's like a that is a lifelong struggle. I just want to say now because as Catholics, we're called to live counterculture. Like Jesus said, like, this is going to be hard. People are going to persecute you. They're going to like buffet your face. They're going to pluck your beard. It's going to be very difficult. (laughs) And so on the one hand, like we're called to this. But on the other hand, there's nothing wrong with looking at society and saying, this is wrong. This is not how it's supposed to be. And I firmly believe And this was something I was very comfortable with at a very young age that, like, God created us all in his image, male and female. And I think it's important to keep in mind that God's not like corporal, he's not a big man in the sky. Like, God is a spiritual being that we physically just cannot comprehend. God is one of our great mysteries of our faith. And so, our souls, our spirits to me, is what was created in the image of God. And so, it stands to no reason whatsoever. That just because our bodies are different, that our worth is different as well. I can remember very vividly, like, watching Mulan and getting very fired up that they <laughs> thought she was like less of a warrior yes. all of a sudden because she just happened to be a woman. And, like, my favorite book growing up is it's super nerdy, but it's called Alana the Lioness. Oh my it's gosh, I love it already. Pierce. <laughs> and it's like a Mulan story. So, this girl has a twin brother and they're both being sent off to go do different things and she's going to be very feminine and he's going to be very masculine and it's not what they want so they switch places and the boy can continue being a boy and doing boy things but she has to pretend to be a man to become the first female knight in like a hundred years and just her whole ongoing story is super interesting and especially when it gets to like when she has her first period, like there are no women around to take care of her, like she has to like oh go find gosh. help, and she has to like bind like her chest down so that they can't tell that she's turning into like a feminine body, and it was just really interesting. Is As, this like a kids book, or is yeah, it? Yeah, it's like um, so it's like a teenish book, so it's like YA. I was probably a little young to be reading it, to yeah. be honest, when I first read it. But one of my favorite <laughs> parts of it was when she finally is like, she is a knight. She's achieved it. And they know she's a woman finally. And so she decides she's going to like peace out. And she's going to go do mighty deeds and prove her value as a woman and as a knight. And the ongoing thing is her like trying to merge her identities as a knight and a woman. Because now she can wear dresses and she can like pretty things. And like by the end of it, like her outfits are like this perfect like combination of like masculine and feminine that suits her. Which brings me all the way back to like. Catholicism and like feminism like St. John Paul II explained like our bodies and our (laughs) quiet dogs explained our bodies and our like identity as masculine or feminine as whatever God is like blessed you with like if you have a male body you're a man and whatever makes you happy wherever you feel safe within the scope of like right ordering of course is okay like if you're a guy who likes to sew no problem if you're a girl who likes to work on cars get it girl And (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) these damn dogs.
0: Hey, they're just really, her dogs are just really worked up about Catholic feminism as well. They
1: are. So (laughs) all of this to say that like it was never this, I don't know, it wasn't this big journey. I just was like surrounded in all this good stuff that just helped me come and be at peace at a very young age with the fact that I was a woman and I had leadership qualities. I wasn't sassy, I wasn't rude, I wasn't bossy. I was exactly what God had made me to be. And like, bless my parents for pushing through and dealing (laughs) with that very um, strong-willed five-year-old because man, I must have been a trip and a half. (laughs) I feel like a
0: lot of people think that you have to be either a Catholic or a feminist Mm -hmm. because I feel like on one hand, like, especially for people who aren't either or don't necessarily identify with either of those, you sometimes, like, have this impression of Catholics as being, like super crazy and super strict about all these things and thinking that like men are up on a pedestal all the time and that Mm -hmm. women have to be nuns (laughs) but then I feel like you have like our women's marches which in some hands some of them are really great and some of them are a little radical and I think some a lot of people don't connect the two yeah
1: I think something that often gets lost with feminism is like they associate it with like the very farthest like craziest you can go the most radical the same way that like for a very long time people like our age growing up associated like people of the muslim faith with like the people who hit the tower during 9 11 and that could not be further from the truth like the muslim faith is a beautiful practice of like faith and like deep devotion to god and feminism is also been classified as like this one crazy thing and the reality is there are so many branches of feminism like there's a reason women's studies is a major it is there's so much to it it's so dense and one of the beautiful things about it is similar to like catholicism and faith like you get to define it for yourself to some degree obviously at the root of it the same way like at the root of being catholic like you have to believe in the true presence of god you have to believe in god and jesus and the holy spirit with feminism you have to believe in equality of men and women and from there you kind of get to determine it for yourself and i don't think people realize that the The word is open to be taken and used as a form of empowerment. So you can be a pro-life feminist. And honestly, there's nothing more feminist than being pro-life and seeing that all life is worthy of dignity and respect because there is nothing dignified about being told you can't work in a place because of your sex, that you have to do these things because of your sex. That doesn't respect your human uniqueness and your human... (laughs) dignity like that's so insulting to be said like oh well like you're a woman so I guess you're just gonna have to stay home with the kids and there's nothing wrong with that some of us are called to that I am not like that is not in my nature I'm not a good patient gentle person so it doesn't fit me but I know really like wonderful women who have just like this charism of hospitality and like they're just calm and they're gentle and their home is like a sanctuary and i really (laughs) admire that like the grace it takes to create that space like those women are made for that in the same way that like joan of arc saint joan of arc pardon god bless her was made to lead an army even though she had no reason to be able to do that
0: exactly And so
1: I think that's kind of how you like, you merge the two by creating your own definition and your own space for it. Because again, like if we return to the counterculture thing, you have to create your own space. Like God made you, he put you on this earth and you get to create your space and your definition of what it means to live like by and for God, like standing in the truth as like firmly and faithfully as possible.
0: Yes. Like you plant your feet and you keep them there. Yeah, you do. And you got to keep trudging forward. (laughs) So, how do you as a feminist build other women up and support other women?
1: Okay, so I just want to like clarify that what Megan just asked is like my ultimate definition of being a feminist. Like fight for equality, represent and like understand that like men and women are created equal and are worthy of equal treatment and dignity. But most importantly, the way that we like improve our world is by building each other up like strong women support other women. And so I try to do that in a couple of different ways. I think the first thing that I, like, really try to do is avoid putting other women down. We live in this culture where um, it's very cool to not be like other girls. Like, that phrase, like, oh, I'm not like other girls. And yes. you're like, I don't wear makeup. Ugh, yes. I don't like Starbucks. Like, first I love of all, sports. what's so wrong about, like being a basic white girl who likes pumpkin spice lattes they and are good. think sweatshirts are comfortable and you know what Ugg boots make millions of dollars because they are so comfortable and leggings are pants Leggings. Have I put to be, them on one leg at a time I don't disagree they just need to be thick enough that's my only true. like caveat yes like, check So with all that in mind, I try to avoid tearing down other women. I may not agree with their choices. I may not think that they're living the life I would live, but things get ugly really fast when women turn on other women. And I'm not just talking like boy drama or anything minuscule. I mean like one of the best things I learned from my music fraternity that I was in is that you are supposed to rejoice in another success as much as if it were your own.
0: So Ooh. to clarify
1: that, like if you put it into huh. like a musical setting, like in band, like you have chairs, right? And you have like first chair, second chair, third chair. And so then within the fraternity, the concept was that if your sister got the solo that you also auditioned for, you rejoice in her success as if it were your own, because you're so there cool. like fighting the same fight. Like you just want success of the group. Yeah. That's so and cool. so like, I if you think about it in that terms, like the human race's goal is to get to heaven, then you rejoice in another woman or man's success as much as your own every single time because they're fighting the good fight. Like, you go, girl. You made it to mass, even though my child, like, absolutely drove me berserk. Like, you go, (laughs) guy. I'm so happy that you discerned your vocation at such a young age and you've been able to commit to it. Like, comparison is the thief of joy. And when we focus on building each other up, it gets so much easier. And the second thing that I do... To build other women up and like further like my feminist agenda, so to speak, (laughs) as I create meaningful relationships with other women. So, for example, that would be you. That would be my sister. That would be Mary. That would be my principal. Um, For that matter, it would be like women older than me or younger than me. I strive to like have like really healthy relationships with just the other women in my life. And when a woman makes me feel bad, I try to, like, pull away from the situation and consider what they're making me feel. Like, if I'm angry, why am I angry? If I'm jealous, why am I jealous? And generally, it's because of another insecurity within myself that's flared up. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with the other women, which, like, brings back to, like, rejoicing in what they succeed at as opposed to letting it tear me down. Yeah. And I think the third thing that I do is I seek out like other talented women. So whether that be through like a podcast or a book or like a YouTube channel or a saint, like I just seek out other women who make me feel like empowered and strong and safe, like in the Lord's love. And I try to just like surround myself in those like good things. Because, like, the good, the true, and the beautiful, that's what's going to help you walk closer to God. That's why our churches are stunning, because beauty brings us back to the Lord. So why not fill your life with beautiful content created by talented women? You're supporting them. You're creating good space for yourself. And at the end of the day, it's going to help you walk closer to Christ. Yes, I love it. Do you have any, like, recommendations as far as, like, those great,
0: beautiful things. Mm, Any all-time favorites?
1: Absolutely. So I'm a huge proponent for Blessed Is She. Shameless Uh, plug. I have written for them a few times on their blog. Lifelong dream is to write devotionals for them. Jenna Gizar, if you're listening, please hire me.
0: Um, Also, Beth Davis, if you're listening, we're going to be best friends one day. (laughs) Just wait.
1: (laughs) So Blessed Is She's content, I think is really beautiful. I think it's very Thoughtful. It's very intentional, and I appreciate that. I really like – it was formerly French Press Mornings, but now it's called Hello Joy Co., like Co. is in Company. And she makes these really stunning prints that are like Bible typography. (sighs) And I love to use them as phone backgrounds. Like if I'm going through a difficult season, I'll put up like Philippians 4, 8, which is just like my mantra, like focus on the good, focus on the this, focus on the that. Um, so I really like her content. And then I just enjoy following positive people on social media. I don't believe social media is the devil. I think if you like fill your Instagram up with great people like Jenna Keysar and Beth Davis and Katie Waldo and Nello Leary and all these other Catholics and you follow like other YouTubers, for example, I really enjoy like mom YouTubers, but I only follow really positive ones who all happen to be British. Weirdly enough. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I love Emily Are Norris. You moving? No, I just I don't know what it is. I think I like the British parenting style. They're very relaxed. They just have a different approach to like their day. It just seems a lot more calm. And I really appreciate yeah. that about it. So I really enjoy following Emily Norris and Kate I can't remember Katie's last name. But they like they collaborate together pretty frequently and I just enjoy the content they put out because they also offer like hacks and fun meal ideas and as a first time mom it's really nice to hear like more experienced moms who aren't necessarily my mom. They're doing something different and I can take in this content and they're always positive about it. That's awesome. If you want to breastfeed, do it this way. If you don't want to breastfeed, you, that's okay too. Like I just really appreciate that. And again, like it's women supporting women and cheering each other on. There's no judgment. There's no anger. I just really love that. Yes. I agree. Very awesome. Cool. One thing that I
0: really liked that you were talking about, it was like one of your first points I think you made, but something along the lines of like um, women coming in and just like supporting each other and not having that whole like i'm not like most girls kind of thing this Mm -hmm. is um so leanne and i are hanging out right now because i drove to come visit her for a catholic women's retreat which was super awesome but one of the things that i talked about today with my small group was um how i feel like growing up i had a very negative view of like women especially women in groups and like my age Mm -hmm. from like movies or books or just like comments that adults around me would make about how like not like most girls or like in the movies how mm -hmm. um the main girl never fit in with like the whole group and the whole group was always like bullying them i'm not saying that there aren't women out there but i think it just always made me like on the defense
1: i think that's such an interesting point that you bring up because my experience with girls growing up is substantially different than yours so Mm -hmm. i went to a really small catholic school for elementary and by the time fourth grade was over, so we had, yeah, fourth grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade, it was only girls in my class. There were seven girls. <laughs> girls who had been to school together since kindergarten, if not sooner, one of which was a family, like, relation of mine, two others that had gone to preschool together were like, whole lives. And so, like, you're talking about, like, movie, drama, Mean Girls. I lived in that. And my mom has said sincerely one of her biggest regrets was not letting me switch schools because I would come home so just, like, battered from the toxic environment that just being in a small group of girls with, no offense to guys whatsoever, but an older male teacher, yeah, he had no idea what he, to do with yeah. it. He didn't even have daughters. I don't blame him for not knowing what to do. Yeah. I think if I was the teacher in that situation now... I could better serve them because I'd lived in that. But if you had no experience with this. Yeah, that's a beast. Holy Kids cow. Kids in general are a beast. <laughs> so it took a really long time. I think it's kind of amazing that I don't resent women sometimes, considering yeah. some of the nonsense. Like By the time I got into middle school, like I was told directly, like you are not allowed to sit at our lunch table anymore. Oh my gosh. And I had to go find new friends, which was really hard because I went from this tiny Catholic school to this big public school. And I didn't know anyone like i had the same friends for the last seven years so that was pretty intense um and i think to some degree that's probably why i'm such a feminist is because i recognized that that wasn't okay i didn't agree with that behavior and it didn't make the situation any better like i can remember a few vivid times where i was a mean girl and they are some of like the most embarrassing things I've ever done. Like I look back on that and I am just disgusted (laughs) with my behavior. Like I was the person saying like, oh, I'm not like other girls. I love sports. I'm an umpire, (laughs) blah, 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 blah. And it was just humiliating. And then really once I was in college, I recognized like the danger of that and being in that music fraternity, which was a women's group, really helped me recognize like that power of like women when they work together versus throwing each other under the bus all the time yeah
0: like just growing up I just had this idea that like stay away don't have any female friends like (laughs) they're dangerous females (laughs) are the worst and like I mean I think everybody has their own experience of like I mean female relationships and friendships not working out but I think it like now that I'm an adult sometimes I meet women my age and I'm like Uh, a little cautious like all these people at this retreat like they all like some of them had better style than me and i was like oh i'm not gonna like her (laughs) she's too cool for me or like pants
1: are so cool i can never pull them off she must be terrible actually like it's a backwards way of
0: thinking but um i just i really liked that you were pointing out the whole like how dangerous just those common things that we hear like Mm -hmm. the girl that looks like she's instagram perfect like some of those girls at the retreat, and I was like oh I'm probably not gonna like her and I'm like come on Megan like yeah. you sit down and talk with this person and you realize we are on the same side mm-hmm. and we don't have to be in we're all other. shooting for the
1: same goal and I think again like turning back to like society if you like take off your consumer goggles and consider what the content is that they're pumping into you if people want to stay in charge, the best way to do that is to turn a group against each other. So a house divided will not stand. Like The Bible tells us that. Yes. So if society teaches us that girls can't be trusted, if girls are unkind, if girls are catty, if girls will stab you in the back to get the boy and you believe those lies, then you're going to, like self-fulfilling prophecy, you're not going to trust them because you've been told not to trust them. And I really do think to some degree, the content that they put out there is, like, it's it brainwashes you. It makes you think, like, these women aren't worthy of my love and my trust. And that couldn't be further from the truth because they've gone through all the same damage and hardship that you have just by, like, being a woman in this world. And we're just, like, all in the defense. Not including <laughs> the other difficulties that, like, the more, like, minorities and differences you add to those women, like, the harder their lives get. Like, it's not to say that everyone's life isn't hard. Like, being right. human is hard. But like you and I don't have to worry about the impact our skin color is going to have. Some people do, and we can't even fathom that. So, yeah. Just be nice, nice. folks. Yes, we have one common enemy. And spoiler alert, it's not each other. No, it's really, (laughs) really not.
0: Um, One thing that I also think is really awesome. So Leanne and I went to camp together, and I mentioned that. But we, I always admired the way that you... Um, when your role as leader at camp was Very just encouraging to how you mentioned Like the whole pro-life and just how it's an all-encompassing kind of thing mm-hmm. especially when you'd give like your Dress code talk and about just respecting each other and respecting like all around not Thank You don't you. respect them because of the clothes that they wear you respect them because they're your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ And it was just such an interesting perspective. And that was, I was like from that moment on that I was like, wow, she's going to really like challenge some just beliefs that I've never questioned before.
1: (laughs) So I remember um, taking over camp and being, first of all, very conscious of the fact that I was 20 years old doing this and just shaking in my boots and also, like I'd finally found this perfect like medium of like Catholic and feminist, and it was coming together. And all of a sudden, I was responsible for like <laughs> the faith formation of all these little kids and, and high schoolers who are all looking up to me. And it was first of all, it was daunting. I was so nervous. My poor boyfriend at the time, he would eventually go on to marry me after seeing that crazy pants version of me. It was rough but i remember like the the dress code thing came up cuz i was people were asking oh is the dress code going to change I was like no the dress code needs to stay the same i think it's important and then i realized i was going to have to give this dress code talk and there is nothing that makes me more angry than slut shaming like oh it just drives me bananas mm-hmm. that people will try to accuse a woman of causing like, a sexual attack on her body because of the way that she's dressed. Like, first and foremost, rape is a power struggle. That's what it's about. It has nothing to do with sexual attraction. I want to be very clear, her psychology has proven that multiple times. And second of all, like, if you just look at the pattern of rape, like, it has nothing to do with what the woman's wearing. Mm-hmm. She could be in a snowsuit for all this individual cares, or for that matter, he could be in a snowsuit for all the person cares. So when I had to step up and give that talk, I just really wanted to impose a sense of responsibility on the person looking as well as the person wearing. Because at the end of the day, I should be able to dress myself in dignity and not be afraid to walk down the street. And if that's something that I could teach some young men and young women, just the world's going to be a better place. And so the conversation was, for those of you who haven't been blessed with my dress code talk, was essentially this. (laughs) These are the rules. Shorts this, tank tops that, um, holes in shirts this, whatever. Whatever. Just all the different (laughs) rules. But the focus was on and regardless of what the individual is wearing, you as the beholder are responsible for how you look at them. Lust doesn't just happen in your body. It happens in your heart. It happens in your mind. It happens in your eyes. And I like a person could be wearing a burqa and you could still look at them with lust in your heart. And that woman has done everything she can to protect her, protect you from yourself. And at that point in time, it's in your heart. It's on you. And so I try to really... Like, I want to support our brothers in Christ in their pursuit of Jesus by dressing myself with dignity and not creating a more tempting situation. I recognize the struggle of that now, especially as a 26 year old versus a 20 year old. Yeah. <laughs> but I also know, and I firmly know this, that each sin belongs to each person. And so, even though that temptation was put forth, That young man still had the ability to look away. And for that matter, that young woman has the ability to look away as well. We do not have to look and we do not have to pursue the lustful feelings that we experience, if that makes any sense.
0: It makes wonderful sense.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm so rambly.
0: Hey, rambly is the best. You're talking to me here, and Lord knows I ramble. (laughs) This is true. We ramble together. So since I've known you for a while now and you're like one of my all time favorite people to have Jesus chats with, um, you're easily someone that I admire just in the way that you connect with the Lord and the way that in your busy life of your job and your family and just figuring out this whole adulting thing (laughs) um, and being a really bomb dog mom, like all that good stuff. What are some ways, if there's anyone that's struggling with being busy or they're just Mm. not sure how to connect more with the Lord, what are some
1: recommendations that you have? Mm, Okay, good question. So first of all, I want to address the concept of like feeling bad if you're having trouble connecting to the lord just very quickly and all i want to say to this effect is if you were to take like 10 minutes and make a timeline of your faith life you can see a very clear pattern of hills and valleys where you go through low low points and they're accompanied by high points so if you're in a valley moment keep trekking on push forward it's going to get better it's an uphill battle but it's well worth it and ways that you can overcome those valleys is by still showing up at least just go to mass on sundays keep pushing yourself to go to mass at least do the bare minimum the same way if we're struggling with like depression or anxiety just like taking a shower eating healthy food helps you to eventually overcome those things just doing those simple things Going to Mass and seeking out God and that alone can make a big difference. Um, What works best for me is a journal of some sort. And I've gone through different phases. I've read books like by Matthew Kelly and journal alongside that in the mornings. I have done devotionals. Like you get the email every morning and you read the devotional that's related to the daily readings. And I journal based off of that. I've worked my way through Mark's Gospel and Matthew's Gospel at my own pace, and I've worked my way through some of the Old Testament as well. Um, But the reason that I choose writing specifically is because, for me, it helps my brain and my body stay engaged in the prayer that I'm participating in, which I think is really interesting because lots of different religious practices recognize that when the mind and the body is engaged, like the prayer is more fruitful. And it definitely is for me. If my hand is moving and I am writing with intention what I want to say to God, I'm so much more engaged than if I were sitting in adoration, not doing anything at all, but like being. And there is a time and a place for that. But for my like everyday prayer, it needs to be very focused and it needs to engage all of me. Otherwise, it's not as fruitful as it could be. I also think the meditative prayer, so the rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, have a beautiful space in moments of stillness, like if you're stuck somewhere, so to speak. And what comes to mind for me is when my son was first born, I was very much stuck in a rocking chair, like (laughs) holding this baby, nursing this baby, comforting this baby, like skin to skin contact. And these are all wonderful, beautiful, perfect things to do as a mom. But I felt guilty that I wasn't going to math and I wasn't journaling and doing all these things that I would normally do and it finally just dawned on me there's no reason why you can't pray the rosary while you're feeding this child and so I kept like a little rosary ring in one of the pockets of my (laughs) rocking chair and I would just pull it out and like I would feed him and I would pray and a lot of my prayer at that point in time would be very much devoted to him and trying to fill this little tiny human that I'm somehow responsible for <laughs> with grace and then i would turn like my prayers outward of that room like beyond me and my son and i would pray for my husband and my family and that other like just what for whatever and so that was really nice. So when you feel very like trapped or contained and you don't know where else to go, sometimes it's nice to just do meditative prayer like the rosary because your brain can just cycle through those prayers over and over. Hail Mary, Hail yeah. Mary. And it's very like It can be calming. like mindless. Yeah. Just like calming. Yeah. Exactly. It can be very calming. You don't have to think peaceful. about it. Exactly. And there's a purpose to that. So... Lots of different religions have meditative prayer and they use prayer beads because they understand the importance of like engaging, but also having like that second piece of your brain free to reflect on things. And if you keep cycling back to, I don't think this guy's the one, I don't think this girl's the one, then that's your brain telling you in the middle of a holy state, dump them, for example, because that's what you keep circling back to in a very safe space with the Lord. So it's a good tool to keep in your pocket as well. I think the last thing that you should not downplay is seeking out community with other people. Yes! Like going to a retreat, like the diocesan youth conference that the Springfield Cape Girardeau Diocese holds every year. It's a lot of fun. It's a great opportunity to go. If you're more of an adult, like Megan and myself, look online, find your retreat. You may not know anybody, but you should still go. And finally, and certainly not least, go to camp. Yes, it's such a beautiful thing. <laughs> I just I wish I could return, but I don't think my season of life is ready for that yet. It's a long time to be away from my baby. I'm just not there yet, but someday. But seeking out community and having someone you can turn to and say hey, it's Monday. How can I pray for you this week? And then they respond, how can I pray for you? Oh my gosh. It sounds just like you. (laughs) It's the most satisfying thing in the world to know that there's someone out there who's got this like breastplate of God and this like rosary in their hand and they're fighting for you. And it's so nice. And the only way you create that community is by seeking it out.
0: And I think like, that community too, like seeking it out. I think it's really important because sometimes I'll look at people and be like, Oh my gosh, they're so holy. Like they're not going to like to see my shadows and my things that are hard to talk about And that. Just going out there and putting yourself out there and meeting these people and establishing that community. You realize that they are just like, you feel Mm -hmm. like they love Jesus they want to go to mass and have those like hey how can I pray for you this week friend but they also want to be the one to talk whenever you're like nothing is like everything's falling apart nothing's working I think that's a really important thing to establish
1: I remember being really intimidated by Megan's faith and her joy so (laughs) that's so funny to me
0: because I was intimidated by the way that you just like so fearlessly like oh my gosh you just were so confident in just everything and like your faith I was like oh my gosh she knows things
1: (laughs) (laughs) so the problem with me like I think one of my biggest flaws as a Catholic is I'm such a know-it-all I but I love I, it. like stomping and I know these things like I don't I'm like the Kool-Aid man like I don't use a door I like break down a wall and <laughs> I'm like say Jesus? let me tell you about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ folks and <laughs> Megan is like knocks on your door and then when you don't answer she knocks on your window and then she comes around the back and Is like I saw your car also do you I brought have time cookies to, yeah I brought cookies do you have time to talk about Jesus and I i think the thing i admire most about megan is the joy that she just exudes constantly and megan has definitely seen her fair share of struggles and that's her own story to tell but suffice to say that she just she's so good at putting on the smile and finding the good in the situation and so when her frustrated friends text her she just pours this goodness into them and rejoices in their success as much as her own and just is such a wonderful example of a catholic feminist she doesn't need to be putting me on the pedestal folks it's all her let me just tell you
0: i love you but you're wonder woman too so <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thank you one
0: final thing that i liked when it goes to community is when you talked earlier about just like following awesome like Catholic people or just anyone like anyone that's encouraging and positive Mm -hmm. because I didn't think about it until you said it but I'm following so many of those women from like Blessed Is She and then like Claire Swinarski from the Catholic Feminist podcast and just all these other really great people and I realize that they are encouraging me to go and try new ways to pray and um, find new ways to like dive deeper into my faith just by the stuff that they're Mm -hmm. sharing and I'm like I have that community. I've never met any of these people. They don't know I exist. Yeah. Except Beth Davis did message me back on Instagram one day, and it was really exciting. Uh, I was like, you know what? She's just a normal human, but it's still really exciting because we're the same.
1: (laughs) But you're famous now. Yes, basically. Yeah. No, I think it's really important to make sure your content builds you up. I have a three-strike rule. If a person brings me down three times on social media, they're out. I will... Like, on Facebook, you have the option to... Just hide it. To hide it, to not see their content anymore. And on Instagram, I think there's a way to do that as well. But ever since I implemented that rule, my social media has not been so toxic. It doesn't bring me down. But it's as simple as, like, you're in control of what you consume. No one requires you to follow everyone you go to high school with or college with. So if they make you feel insecure, if they make you feel inferior, you don't, have to, you, you don't have to consume the content. You can unfollow them and deliberately choose to not let them bring you down. Don't follow the person you like to gossip about. Unfollow them and remove that temptation. Dress like your social media indignity, so to speak.
0: Ooh, I love it.
1: Circle and back.
0: <laughs> well, Leanne, thank you so much for joining me on the Our Story podcast. This was so fun. I just love you so much. I just want to record another one right now. Okay, we can totally do that. Can we really? If you want. Kind of. I'll give you two. Perfect. Okay, would you like to pray? Sure. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Come Holy Spirit, be in our hearts and be in this space. Lord, I just want to thank you for the wonderful gift that is our feminine genius and for creating each of us in our own unique ways of sharing that with the world. I want to thank you for the gift of Leanne and her friendship in my life and in the lives of so many other people. And please be with us as we go out into the world and just share those wonderful feminine qualities that we have and teach other people to love themselves as you do. Love us whatever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for this chapter. I had so much fun, and I'm so glad you were here. See you next time on Our Story. No matter how different our lives and stories may seem, we all have one thing in common, and that is the story of Jesus. His love for us, His story, unites us all. Whether it's my story, your story, their story, through Jesus, it's really all just our story. Let's look into today's chapter.